Welcome to Parable Podcasts. This is episode zero of Tales from Trichy. I'm your host, Denor Sapolian. The purpose of this episode is to introduce you to this season's mentor and also get a better idea of what exactly we're trying to achieve with this podcast. Since we have to cover a lot of material in the initial episode, I've decided to split it up into three different parts to make it a little bit more digestible. In part one, we're going to give you a better idea of who exactly Sid Ahmed, season one's mentor, actually is. In part two, we'll give you a brief overview of VDART, Sid's company. And in part three, we're going to focus more on the purpose of this podcast, specifically how he's going to help students take their first steps into the professional world. Without further ado, here is Sid Ahmed. having me this is such a nice office this is so thank cool. you thank you for being here you have so many awards you're gonna run out of room soon <laughs> <laughs> well first of all thank you for having me and uh, how's your day been so far fantastic i would call it living the dream that is so enthusiastic dude wow um yeah but again thank you for just letting us do this this is a really interesting opportunity and i know i am honestly going to be one of the listeners so it's going to be kind of weird hearing my own voice when I'm, when I'm listening to this later, but this is advice that I personally need. And so I'm very excited to see where these next few episodes take us. Yeah, so, well, first of all, let's, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm originally from Trichy. I grew up my entire life in Trichy. For those who don't know, Trichy is a city located in South India. Part of my education, um, later on, I did it in Bangalore. I did my engineering in Bangalore. Um, But I was fortunate to go uh, to some good schools in Trichy. I came from a a lower middle class, middle class family, uh, originally from Trichy. A lot of people ask me, hey, where is this kind of accent, this weird accent, what you have? (laughs) So uh, it comes from the British accent. It's because the schools which I went to are British schools, uh, Campion High Secondary School or uh, Vestry. All of these are Anglo-Indian schools. Lots of challenges during the growing up stages for my parents specifically around making ends meet, uh, just going through that entire uh, adversity at that point in time. Growing up, your dad was overseas. Yeah. And where, where was he? This was in Bahrain. Uh, it's in the Middle East. Yeah, that's where he used to be. And so you were the youngest of, of six children? Correct, yeah. Were you spoiled? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Oh. Uh, I had uh, lots of fun. So yeah, I'm, I'm still spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> come with about 25 years of experience, but throughout my entire career, uh, throughout my uh, stages when I was growing up, uh, never worked for any large corporate at all, um, I've, period. I've always worked only for small businesses. Uh, came fortunate enough to come to the U.S. in 97 and worked till 2007 before I started my journey where um, I started off with uh, this organization, which is called as VDART Inc. So that's a quick background uh, about myself. Um, Great. Awesome. And uh, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> oh, please. Fire away. One of the things that really stood out to me that you just talked about was that you've only worked for small businesses. Why is that? Why is that? Because I don't think I was good enough for a large business to hire me. Oh, man. Uh, first of all. <laughs> so my grades weren't that great. Um, so I was just a, an average, below average student. In, Wait, you were a below average, like a... Yeah, yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't believe you. <laughs> Wait, so what, how, was, how was your schooling then? Um, so schooling was all right. Um, it's just that I never got detained. So I was able to get some passing grades as a result of which I was bumped up every other time. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. So I was able to complete within my age group. Um, even if you're not that 
that good in your education. Uh, there are certain people who are fortunate to get opportunities with uh, corporate America, but uh, I never got that opportunity in India, working in India. Um, so it's always been my first break. What I had was a small business, which which was called as Brilliant Computers back in the day. Mm-hmm. Started off in marketing. Was this back in the the nineties? Yeah, nineties and ninety three. Uh, this was this was a, a technology training place mm-hmm. um, in Trichy, and that is where I got my first opportunity. Then later on again, I continued to move in training. I get, got the next opportunity in training. And then fortunately, there was a U.S.-based company who was looking for recruiting talent, and that was my passion. I was, my passion was to meet people, talk to people, and identify opportunities, try to create opportunities for them. So you worked for only small businesses, and, and you kind of talked about how the, the milestones that everyone hits at VDART now, which is your, you know, you're the CEO of this company, it's, it's this new set of challenges because you've never worked for a large multinational corporation. Do you think in the long run that that has benefited you? It has benefited me uh, for one reason. Since I've not worked for a large corporation, I've always surrounded myself with mentors um, and also sought mentor mentorship from large businesses. So for example, um, VDART has gone through a mentoring program with Accenture. Uh, we've gone through a mentoring program with Delta Airlines. Currently, we are going through a mentoring program with Comcast. Um, so why why is it that we want to go through all this mentoring? Because honestly, I do not know how to solve these problems. We, we should, we'll, we'll cut this out later. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, I do not know how to run this. And uh, it, it is just that uh, every other uh, large business, uh, <laughs> you find it funny, but that's what the truth is. It's the large businesses who give us these amazing opportunities. Think about it. So, for example, right, um, Accenture. And Accenture is this huge, like, 400,000-person consulting company. And it's, like, one of the best. Absolutely. Wow. And to get mentoring from them. So they have all their top managing partners investing their time. It's an 18-month program. So if you you walk into our office and you see all the colors and the color palettes and the design of the office and things, all of this is something what we learned from Accenture. As opposed to, if I had... If I had worked for a large business, then probably I may not have had that mindset. Mentorship is a word that's really been tossed around today in in a lot of self-help communities, a lot of self-help podcasts. One of the things that I find a hard time doing is is actually well finding a mentor. Like, how do you do? You have any advice on even like starting? Like, where, where do I look for a mentor? The way I found my first mentor is early in my career, uh, there was just one, one of my friends, um, it's, it's a friend's friend, uh, while I was uh, still in college, this gentleman had already started working somewhere, and we used to have these conversations, hey, I don't know what I'm going to do after my degree in computer science because I was not good at programming. Um, oh, so he was saying, hey, uh, you know what? You are so articulate. Uh, you ha- you are so expressive. You're, you put your thoughts out in, in a very different way than others. I think you're well-suited for a sales career. And that was the, the stickiness factor. Then I started asking him more questions about sales. It's an informal mentorship, what I got from him in the first place. So you could find your mentor, somebody who's just around you. It could, you, it could be your own brother. It could be your friend. It could be your dad. It could be somebody else. Um, but the key is you got to showcase your hunger to really know about yourself and getting groomed in that particular area. That's what I would say. What has been your proudest accomplishment in the past decade? This is our 10th anniversary um, of the company which I started, um, which is VDART. And um, I started this company uh, in 2007, right in the time frame when we were uh, getting into the big depression. So you, you started a company 
right before the 2008 market crash. Absolutely. What? Why? Uh, right at that time frame in 2007, th- there were there were not a whole lot of indications that the market is going to crash. I took the chance and I, I still wanted to do it in 2007 because that was a prime time for me. And um, I went with my gut and I thought, you know what, I'm going to go all in. So what does your typical day look like? So gone are those days where uh, my day does not look like this. It has to look like this. Um, and that is what makes me most productive. My typical day starts at like around 5.15, 5.20 in the morning. I go for a run. I'm an avid runner. I do 5Ks almost every day. Uh, days which I don't run, I'm, I'm typically doing uh, a workout, uh, weight training. Uh, but I do a 5K followed by that. Um, I have uh, certain rituals around yoga and mindfulness. My morning starts off about an hour and 15 minutes um, just getting into that. And while I'm doing this, uh, during my run, I listen to a podcast. And then as soon as I'm done with that, uh, I have my journal where I take down notes about what I learned in the podcast and what is it that I can implement in the podcast. And then it just takes about 15 minutes. In that 15 minutes, I will share that podcast with a couple of my um, colleagues at work uh, stating that, hey, there is a very interesting insight in this particular podcast which we can implement in our organization immediately. Um, so that's that's my morning uh, ritual. Right after that, um, I'm, I'm working on my... Uh, gratitude note. So uh, I mentioned to you about I'm journaling about what I'm doing. Followed by that is gratitude. You know, uh, who are the people whom I really need to thank? Um, then I spend some time um, getting ready, getting my son ready, taking him to school. Then after that, it's planning for my day. Uh, by uh, by 7 8 o'clock, I'm ready. I've planned my day. What I try to do is during my uh, entire work day, it's calendar driven. I have a lot of activities to do. Um, then I try to do my best. You know, um, um, at at work, the goal is to try and spend as much time as possible with people. Overall, on a daily basis, my goal, uh, while I'm interacting with people uh, or on my emails, whether it's phone, emails, in-person discussions, the goal is to uh, stay true to our vision. Now, our vision is to create success, wealth, and quality of life. And then in the evening, once I'm back home, spend some time with my son and family. And then closing my day with, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an avid reader as well. Uh, my goal is to make sure that I read uh, something every day. So before I hit the bed, I'm reading a good book, whatever, any of the books what I'm reading. But reading and then writing my gratitude notes. A gratitude note is, it's a journal of my gratitude notes. What am I thankful for today? The most importantly is my, in my gratitude notes, the key is, who did I really impact today? Have I created a positive impact uh, in people and did I create a positive impact for someone? You know, so going through, that's a very active process. Like all your entire day is is so aware, if that makes sense. And my first question is, how long is, has that been your routine? Uh, this has been my routine for the last 12 years. Oh my gosh, wow. For the last 12 years. Uh, there have been some additions to this. Certain parts have been added to this routine right. as and when I learned something new. Okay, so especially with, uh, with exercising and mindfulness, how would someone who has never done that before, how do you get into the habit of that? Because you, you've been doing, um, you said your morning routine for about 12 years now. Yeah. You know, for, for someone who's never, let's say, worked out a day in their life or you know, can't wake up before noon, how do you break that mold and, and, and become a little bit more active? So um, the first, first and foremost is um, 
this is based on my experience, all right? right. Um, every time when you go for a run or you work out, for, for even for 30 minutes or 15 minutes, the kind of happiness what you get, the joy what you get, the, the endorphins which get secreted, it really creates a lot of joy and happiness. It completely transforms you. Um, your attitude, you, you start being at a perfect attitude. The way I term it is, uh, if you're not working out, you do, you're not in a position to control your attitude. Uh, it's going to be tough. But you've got to start small. Just start small, 10 minutes a day. You talk about gratitude notes, and this is something that I, I have personally never heard of, and, and I'm not sure if our listeners have or not. But it, the more I think about it, the more I realize that it is, it's a very active approach to being happy. You know, like there's this misconception. I'm a psych major, so I know what I'm talking about. But th- there, is this, there is this misconception that, you know, some people are happy, some people are not, and that's just, how the, that's just the way it is. But, well, I, I guess... Y- you you practice it correct and it's interesting because going back to the workout analogy it, it, it's kind of like a muscle that you have to keep practicing and, and the better you get at it the easier it is to be happy so just my, my question is just with these gratitude notes what, what exactly do you write down uh, the most important thing in a gratitude note is uh, if you're able to thank that person for the small act of kindness what they did for you or uh, how they have influenced you. Think about how is it that they have positively influenced you um, in, in your life. Close your eyes and think about if this person were to read this gratitude note, can you bring a big, broad smile on that person's face? Can you do that? That's the whole idea. Hey, Denur here. We hope you enjoyed the first part of the interview. In the next section, we talk a little bit more about Sid's company, VDART when it was formed, how it expanded, and what it has turned into today. Here is part two. So what exactly does VDART do? VDART um, is a global information technology staffing and a solutioning firm headquartered out of the U.S., but we have offices in U.S., Canada, Mexico, Brazil, Europe, Australia, and India, with our back office operations specifically based out of Trichy in Tamil Nadu, where we have close to about 450 people. So what we do is we help our customers uh, by providing right resources, right kind of talent in information technology for them to develop, maintain software in the emerging technology space. We also provide solutions for our customers. We have products and solutioning as well. So today we have three different entities within VDART. One is VDART Inc., which is a parent company which does staffing. We have VDART Digital. VDART Digital, it provides products and solutions uh, specifically in the blockchain and IoT space. The other entity of VDART is called as VDART BPM, which does business process management, specifically in the insurance vertical uh, for the trucking and uh, um, trucking and commercial insurance. Hey everyone, this is Denora jumping in from the studio. That was a lot of information, and don't worry if you didn't get all of it. It's important to remember that VDART is a very complex company with its hands in many different industries. We're going to be delving more into that in future episodes. For now, here's why all of that matters. Um, in the last 10 years, we've created over 10,000 jobs globally. We've created close to about 1,000 jobs in Trichy, where uh, there's never been a large business. What has been uh, most relishing or um, absolutely uh, a heartening journey is that we've been able to create an economic impact. And 
And so why did you pick Trichy? A, first of all, I'm from Trichy. There's some amazing schools. Trichy is just about 30 to 40 square kilometers. That's the size of Trichy. And uh, within that space, there's close to about 100 plus educational institutions, some of them centuries old. However, there's there's never been any large business, bearing a few who are manufacturing companies who had, who had their facilities out there. So I always thought, hey, you know what? All of this talent, which graduates out of Trichy is migratory talent. They, they never get a job out there, as a result of which they'll have to go out to some other place. They go to some of the closest metros like Bangalore and Chennai and all of these places. So we took the bets. We wanted to be in Trichy because I'm from Trichy and I want to do something for Trichy. I wanted to create that opportunity. Growing up, my dad uh, never had an opportunity in Trichy, so I always grew alone. Yeah, I, I grew with my mom. My mom was the one who was taking care of me. My mom's 84 today, uh, but she took care of six kids, and I was the last in the family. So I felt that, you know what, uh, we should create opportunities for people to live and work in Trichy. As a result of which, we started our operations in Trichy, and uh, it's been just an amazing journey. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, the way you talk about this place, it, it, it's truly, I mean, magical. You know, I, I don't want to sound cliche, but uh, for, for everybody who can't really be here with us in person, like, Sid is, has not stopped smiling for the past, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> He's been talking about it, and, and that, that's amazing. I think that's really cool because I, I don't have anything like that, like, when... When I grew up, I moved around so much, yeah. you know, that I never really had a concept of a hometown. So I, I grew up in North India, moved down to Delhi, moved to Bangalore, then Mumbai, then came to the States. So there was never there's never been this place that I could always be like, oh, this is where I grew up. Um, so that's I it's just really interesting to me that, that you've had pretty much the complete opposite experience. I had to tell you something. So when, when you talk about Trichy, um, and you, you said that I'm all smiles, right? It comes right from the heart, you know? <laughs> I just can't. So when, when you start talking about Trichy, we could have one full episode just on Trichy. But there's one popular thing which you say, okay? Uh, if you're from Trichy, you say Namma Trichy. What it means is it's my Trichy. It's our Trichy. That wraps up part two. In the final part, we talk specifically about the purpose of this podcast and how Sid wants students to use it as a tool for success in their professional lives. Here is part three. So one of the reasons I jumped on this project when you initially called me about it was you wanted to do something that was student-centric. And I think that is, that is really necessary, especially in India. Because we have a lot of students, and I think we have a lot of great students who don't think that they are great. And, and I think we have a lot of students that are so nervous about the future when in reality, I, I think that it, it holds endless possibilities. And I'm sure you would agree. And m my question, maybe on, on behalf of the, the students listening to this, is what do you think are some of the biggest challenges that are facing students today? Um, I'd mentioned to you that there's a huge talent pool in Trichy. So many educational institutions. Right, like a lot of students just yeah. in, around, around Trichy. Uh, students who are graduating. So over the years, in the last not eight years, we have interviewed thousands of students because we've been hiring in Trichy. And this is all entry-level roles. But in the entry-level role, 
what we see is students missing some of the basic attributes what an employer looks for. And what are some of those attributes? Good communication skills, confidence, uh, presentation skills, attitude, good writing skills, business communication, uh, networking. Uh, those are some of the skills what we look for. So really a lot of stuff that you can't really grade. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, so where we find a challenge is these the, the the talent pool is not business ready. As a result of which, the amount of time it takes for them to really attain success is much longer. And so, what can you do to help? Um, so, my goal is to talk through my journey and give you real life examples. The idea is to give you all of the real life examples, what I've gone through. Uh, we'll give you all the resources, what has helped me be successful. As we continue to dwell through these podcasts, we're going to continuously talk about intentional growth. Intentional growth is something only if you have that particular trait, then you're going to have continuous growth day in and day out. You're going to get better every day. Uh, we, we'll talk about mindset, socially responsible, um, being a go-giver, gratitude. These are some of the things what you really need to have um, as a well-rounded personality for you to excel and attain success at a rapid pace. I basically told Sid that we can't be the best podcast, the best self-help podcast, but we can be the most authentic one because I think the only person with Sid's story is him. And uh, I mean, and obviously no one really knows it better than you do. And, and, and our goal is for our listeners to get something out of your experience. You know, and, and honestly, we'll be recommending other podcasts for you guys to listen to, too. That's that's yeah, a thing. Like, absolutely. we, you know, we're not just saying, oh, just listen to us. I mean, this is a much more active podcast than most. We're not just going to be talking about ideas and saying, OK, we've talked about this idea. So that's the end of the podcast. We're going to say, OK, so we've talked today about communication. Let's say here are a few books you should read. Here are a few podcasts. Um, will help you identify about 10 areas what you need to work on uh, to ensure you attain success and achieve your dream. In closing, this is what I want to say, all right? Um, if I can do it, uh, you can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, I could not have said that any better myself. Wow. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here. And I am so excited. I'm so, so excited to record and, and upload episode one. And that is the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions about anything we've talked about today, please feel free to reach out to us at feedback at parablepodcasts.com. Special thanks to Jacob Smulian for post-production and sound design, Keenan and Brandon for the music, and of course, Sid Ahmed for his stories and everything he's learned through them. We'll see you in the next one very, very soon.